Good morning, friends. Thanks for joining me this morning and happy International Bagpipe Day. <laughs> Any Outlander fans there? Anybody watching Outlander on Stars? Um, no, they're not a supporter, but you know, I have to mention it. That red Jamie. So I wanted to introduce to you my friend, Kimberly Jolivet Williams. Uh, hey, she's joining us today. Kimberly is um, not only my friend, but she is an amazing powerhouse in the industry. Let me tell you, uh, she's the owner and the senior consultant and the senior educator for Jolivet Medical Coding Institute. Look at my Jolivet Medical Coding Institute shirt. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Yes. So thank so you so glad to much. See you. In your colloquium shirt. Yay. Yes. That's right. We did. We were in a colloquium together. So it's so wonderful. All the information that you provide to the billing, coding, consulting, compliance, all of the, the healthcare administration community there. So thanks so much for everything you do. Yay. Yay. It's my honor to serve. I'm so happy to be able to just contribute in any way. And I also thank you for taking the time out and joining us today. Uh, I know that you have a busy, busy schedule, right? So it's yes, so good yes. to see you. Yes, thank you for having me. Again, it's my honor to be here. I'm so excited mm -hmm. to bring just my little bit of knowledge that I have on this uh, issue. And I know it's hot and relevant right now. So I am honored to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And, you know, as, as a matter of fact, we are hearing a lot of buzz right now in the industry about the No Surprises Act. Um, it was effective January 1st, 2022. And a lot of people are, well, surprised. Yes. <laughs> you are so right. When you say the No Surprises Act has come as a surprise, right? Right. <laughs> and um, so, you know, I thought we would take a little pause on the compliance chats that we've been having here at Coding with Christine Hall. And we would chat a little bit about the No Surprises Act and what it means for a lot of our providers out there. Um, you know, and, and I find humor in the fact that it is really called surprises, right? The surprises yeah. act there. It was actually, the, the bill was actually entered into Congress accepted into Congress in 2019. And um, it was actually signed in December of 2020. And at that time, you know, they they listed that there was going to be an implementation January of 2022. So we've kind of had a year to prepare mm -hmm. for this. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And actually, this is kind of a great way for us to talk about new things that come into our practice there or come into our organization. And although we're not talking about compliance today, we actually are talking about compliance. Because remember, when, when we were talking about those seven pillars, it was a policy. Well, what do we do mm -hmm. about the No Surprises Act? And then mm -hmm. the procedure. So how are we going to cover all of the requirements in the No Surprises Act in our practice here? So policy, procedure, education. Absolutely. 
Yes. Yes. Right? That's another one of those pillars. That's right. Yes. And how are we going to make sure that we put ourselves in the best practice, right? To right. make sure that we are covering all of this, because the last thing we want to do is get caught without covering it and have to deal with those consequences. So uh, we definitely have to get ourselves in line and do what we know is best practice to protect um, our physicians and their services because they work so hard. And so the last thing we want them to do is be penalized or um, have to deal with consequences of any kind uh, for the work that they're providing for uh, people and, you know, family members. And that that you, you just hit it on the head like that is the cornerstone of compliance is to make sure that we're doing it right. Mm-hmm. So um, although we're not talking about compliance. <laughs> I know it's like we're always talking about compliance, right? (laughs) Right. And so you and I, we were chatting about the No Surprises Act last week. Uh, You had you had one of your practices that was surprised by Mm -hmm. the No Surprises Act. You you want to share a little bit more about that with me and and what brought us to talking about it? Yes. And it wasn't so much as a practice, but I was actually just having a conversation with some other colleagues and um, they were just, you know, telling me their point of view and that they thought it was just only for one group of uh, things and one area was covered, like out of network area. Uh, But then when you read into it, you see it could fold over and bleed into other areas uh, like those in network facilities that have out of network providers and what all of that covers. And so I just found it very interesting. And, you know, you and I, we love to talk about that stuff. So you're my go-to person to break that down. So, <laughs> well, I gotta tell you, Kimberly, you were the one who taught me, we, we were working on another project and you were the one who taught me that sometimes there is wording in the federal registry that, we miss. And so Mm -hmm. looking at the federal registry, one of the terms that I haven't seen in a lot of the documentation is the term underinsured. That Mm -hmm. is in the federal registry. Um, Now, you know, that can mean a bunch of different things. Underinsured definitely qualifies those out of network people because that they don't have the coverage for out of network. So that is an underinsured. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do know that for a lot of those people that are insured and um, they have large deductibles, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes mm-hmm. we have these plans, these high deductible plans that have $10,000 deductible. Yes. Well, I'll be honest, I get a bill for $10,000. You've got my <laughs> attention, especially if I didn't expect it. You know, Absolutely. if I went to a covered facility, that my hospital's in network, right? My doctor's in network, my surgeon's in network, and then bam, absolutely out of network, right? Yes, yes, um, that's a lot, yes. And and I laugh because I used to have a director that used to tell me all the time, don't think that everything you know, someone else knows. And so I consider myself informed when it comes to reading and analyzing my benefits. But again, like you said, if you go to an in-network facility, As a patient lay to this industry, you think, oh, I'm at an in-network facility. Mm -hmm. Everything should be covered, right? But Mm -hmm. you do have those nuances where maybe that one provider is not on your plan. Maybe that anesthesiologist or radiologist is not on your plan. And so that's how those bills can catch you off guard, you know, and you can be, like they say, surprised by it. And so we definitely want to make sure that we do all we can uh, because, I love to treat people the way I want to be treated. And like you said, 
if I got a $10,000 bill in the mail, that mm. would that would knock me off my rocker. So I definitely understand the concern. Definitely. Absolutely. And, and it was kind of ironic that you and I had that conversation last week because I had just listened to this amazing webinar by um, NHCHBC. Uh, let me see. NSCHBC. I, I always get confused. I, I love this organization. Don't get me wrong. Um, uh, there was an attorney, Daphne uh, Kalaudis and Ashley Watson. They, they were providing us with some really amazing in detailed information about it. Um, and, and I had shared that with you. But also the CMS website has mm. its own No Surprises Act page. The resources that I've been able to pull just from that one website mm -hmm, have been mm -hmm. incredible, right? Yes, yes. And I do love with uh, CMS, they always provide such good FAQs, right? Yeah. I love, that's one of the one things I do love about their website. If you're confused, a lot of times you're not the only one confused. Mm -hmm. And they put together those uh, frequently, frequently asked questions so that we could go out there and read them and take the time and navigate. And then we can abstract them and pull them and have conversations like you and I have and try to make sure that we are on the same page and understand that. And so, yes, CMS.gov is a great resource. Um, and check out those frequently asked questions. Because again, if you have the question, someone else has had the question as well. That's right. And um, in addition to CMS, the AMA has a great resource that's available. And, and then the last resource that I know it's painstaking, but the federal registry, again, the federal registry always includes some of those little components that maybe weren't caught by mm -hmm. our, our wonderful uh, industry experts who are sharing this information with us, it's always nice to go back to the root of the rule. So that yes. federal registry is so, so important. Now, yes. in our talkings, um, what what is your impression of what the intention for the No Surprises Act is? So when I think about it, what I have gathered, and again, I am still processing all this in my head. So but when I think about it, I think when a person have their health insurance coverage, right, um, and they have an out-of-network provider that mm -hmm. they have to deal with, their health plan usually is not going to cover it. And they have that large out-of-network cost um, that they have to deal with, leaving that person with those higher costs mm -hmm. um, that if they didn't, it hadn't been seen or if they had been seen at an in-network provider, it typically is much, much less much, much less. And so a lot of times we have those out-of-network providers that bill individuals, right? And they bill from the charge. They don't bill from the allowable, right? So they bill from the charge and the amount that was paid or not paid. And that plan or that insurer, um, they will bill that to the patient unless they're prohibited. And so that's kind of where this whole uh, balance bill, surprise bills come in, that many people... Um, have the encounter. And this happens when a person has health insurance and unknowingly they get that mm -hmm. medical care from a provider or facility that's out of network, outside of their network. 
and they don't even know. And that's when the surprise happened, Vote, And it can be for emergency situations or non-emergency. And, you know, when we're in an emergency situation, mm -hmm. the last thing we're thinking about is our benefits, right? If you're dealing with a trauma or some kind of pain, you know, I've been in a car wreck before. It's like the last thing I want to think about when I'm trying to deal with me getting well from a car wreck is benefits. But when you get out and you're in your healing phase, that's when it hits you. And, you know, if you have to deal with those out-of-network providers, that billing can be enormous and it could catch you off guard. Oh, you, you hit it right on the head, right? You're, you're trying to heal and then suddenly you get this $5,500 anesthesia bill and now you got to heal from that, you know? Um, the, the other like, thing I need is- anesthesia for the anesthesia bill. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and just just to be clear to our listeners, this is not just for the the underinsured, those mm -hmm. out of network patients or out of network situations. These are also for those patients that find themselves uninsured for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. Remember that those uninsured patients that they're paying the the top dollar as well. They're hitting mm -hmm. that. What is the facility charge? They're hitting that that ceiling as well. So. Um, you know, it, it's very hard for a patient, patient to know or to make some informed decisions about, well, you know, we don't have decisions really with emergency care. Like you said, if you're in an auto accident, you're, mm -hmm. you're please save my life. Yeah. Maybe those non-emergent care. And, mm -hmm. and from my understanding, non-emergent are the procedures that even though maybe they are necessary or mm -hmm. even, you know, required, if they're scheduled, then that's not urgent, you know, emergent, right? Exactly. So even if you need a heart bypass, but we've got to wait till there's availability in three days. Yes. Um, my understanding is that would be non-emergent, right? Yes. You're not in a heart attack right now. Yes. You just are almost going to have a heart attack. <laughs> yes. Um, and there are rules about that scheduling too. Um, that's something else that was eye-opening to me when you schedule um, the entity that schedules, they're the ones that holds that responsibility. And there are like certain days, um, 10 days from scheduling, uh, depending on if you schedule so many weeks in advance or three days, if it's a short term or one day, but you have that responsibility too, when you schedule uh, to make sure that you're complying with the regulations and the guidelines that have put in the No Surprises Act uh, mm -hmm. for those patients. Now, I think, you know, and there's a lot of chatter in the chat box now, I, I think, and, and my experience, and, and I think it's yours too, I'm hearing a lot of feedback from anesthesiology. So those oh, yeah. anesthesiologists, um, so I know that you specialize in anesthesia, billing, coding, and, um, you know, how are your anesthesiologists going to comply with the No Surprises Act? Well, you know, everybody has to do their due diligence. And my heart is with the anesthesiologists because, you know, that's, again, one of my specialties and my love. And they already work so hard, you know, and they take on so much complexity and so much risk uh, with making sure that patients receive the anesthesia that they need and they are able to have those procedures, you know, life-saving procedures. And so they give so much of themselves. And so they just have to get in line and do best practice. 
Make sure you're giving those disclaimers. Make sure you're putting up those notices um, that are required by the No Surprises Act to make sure that you inform all the patients that you can and then do that collaboration. Because sometimes as anesthesiologists, you just get called in. You know, mm -hmm. they don't know. Um, again, they're trying to save that patient and give that patient that anesthesia they need uh, for that procedure. They go in and they perform their specialized uh, expertise. They're not, you know, considering insurances and benefits and all that when they're going in. And so they have to collaborate you know, with the surgeon and see what the surgeon's doing, make sure the surgeon have given whatever good faith estimate or whatever notice that they need to, or if those patients are out of network, at least know and set up their policies and plans and disclaimers and notices so that everybody can be informed. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I don't want you to think that it's just anesthesiologists. There's oh, yeah. so many different other areas pathology, radiology, right. you know, exactly. some of those are the providers that don't ever get to meet the patients face-to-face. -face. Right. Another big industry that often finds themselves out of network with patients are the air ambulances. Because, yes. you know, yeah, they, they could be crossing county lines, you know, maybe some of those HMOs are just county restricted or Absolutely. state restricted, right? Yeah. Um, and so my brother and sister-in-law, ironically, they were flight medics for over 20 years. Wow. And some of those stories that they tell, those life-saving stories mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that they showed up at, at the scene of an accident and were able to transport, or people that needed heart transplants, organ transplants, that they were able to transport, you know, some of those stories. And that's another area that is specifically mentioned in the No Surprises Act. Yes, yes. I did see that information about the air ambulance services. And you're right. That's another entity that they, you know, when they're in action, they're trying to make sure that patient get what they need to save their lives and to make them have the best life ever after that encounter. So, yes, they do get hit with those um, bills because, again, they just show up take the patients to the hospital, they have no clue about the benefits. And so now we all just have to do our best practice and get informed and make sure we know so we can comply with this No Surprises Act. That's true. And, you know, don't think that the No Surprises Act is just uh, one-sided, right? It's This is not just to make sure that fairness is provided to the patient. This is also to make sure that fairness is provided to those providers, right? Mm -hmm. So if they're following the protocol, the good faith estimate, if they are, you know, uh, realizing that there are some emergent situations where patients don't have choice or they don't have knowledge, you know, we have knowledge about everything. Buy a house, you get a good faith estimate. Buy a car, you get a good faith estimate, That's right? It. That's you it. know, every other area, you even go to the grocery store. Let's think about that. You go to the grocery store, the prices are right there. You That's have a right. choice of picking Publix vegetables or, you know, green giant vegetables. <laughs> I know I'm right now I'm battling with the gas. I'm telling you gas here in Texas. I filled up my car yesterday, girl, and I like to fell out of my seat. But I I'm like, I had the choice. I saw that. I saw that price and I went on and did it. And when that total came up, I still wanted to fall out my seat. But it's like, at least I was able to see in advance. Right. And I was able to make the choice to go ahead and pump it at that gas station. So, right. yes. It's not like the No Surprises Act isn't going to hurt. Okay. <laughs> don't feel like it's, <laughs> don't feel like it's not going to hurt. Okay. Yeah, surprise that or no hurt. surprise. 
this is gonna hurt, right? Yes, that um, gas totally hurt it yesterday. That's right. <laughs> but for providers on their side, let let's just switch gears for one second. And mm -hmm. um, so there there have been some dispute resolution processes that have also been included in the No Surprises Act. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. Um, that way, a provider can go into an, an, an independent dispute resolution right, with the payer. Are. You know, mm -hmm. well, hopefully they start with you know just a communication back and forth. You know, hey payer, you offered me this amount of money. Let's just be honest, that's kind of mm -hmm. silly. We're, we're not going to accept that. How about this, right? You go back mm -hmm. and forth a couple times, but if the payer still says no, 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 you know, we don't appreciate you or whatever it is. I'm paraphrasing, right? I don't think. Yeah, that. no, yeah, yeah. They can't agree. They can't come right. to Right. There is mm -hmm. some set in stone type of dispute resolution that can mm -hmm. be put in place. Yes. Um, and, and so there is a little bit of a cost to that, a cost to initiate it. There is a, a yes. cost if you lose the dispute. Yes. Someone's got to pay for the time yes. that people spend trying to negotiate mm -hmm. nothing in this world is for free my friend so. never never right? <laughs> yeah so never. so there is there are some processes put in place there mm -hmm. um to help the providers out in making sure that they get their worth you know that's, mm -hmm. that's really important yes because they put so much in you know like i said my heart goes out to all providers you know uh, they put so much in, they have to deal with so much complexity and they need to be compensated. And so it's like you said, it's to balance things. You, you, you don't want, it's not all for patients and it's not all for providers. They're trying to come up with a balance. I often say that when I'm teaching um, <laughs> some of the laws of healthcare, anti-kickback, the, the Physician Self-Referral Act, you know, the federal government, against what some people might think they I think that they do try to do their best to ensure fairness yes and, yes. and I see that that's that's my impression of the intention of the no surprises yes. act is to provide some sort of fairness around mm -hmm. everyone um you know lots of statistics have been flying around right now and one of the things that I read that just kind of resonated with me was mm -hmm. that, you know, about 16% of Americans that have an in-network non-emergent care, mm -hmm. they're finding themselves with at least one claim that is mm -hmm. out of network. The 16% is, is large. Mm -hmm. and, and then of all of those people with out of network, they said that 40% of Americans would struggle to find the money mm -hmm. to pay an additional $400, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that when we have foreknowledge, not that that price might go away, but when we have foreknowledge, we can make informed decisions. Do we Absolutely. need to transfer money? Should we open a credit card? Do yes. we need to call a friend? You know, yes. how we have choices of how we can handle this. It's different once you've got the bill in your hand mm -hmm. because now those choices are limited. You mm -hmm. have to pay this. You don't yes. have a choice. It's already been done for you. Yes. So I I see that. Um, yes. And I did see um, too, they talked about uh, insurance debt and how many people I was surprised, you know, just have claims and debt from health situations. And, you know, if you, you suffer with a chronic condition, um, something that's out of your control that you just you know, come up with one day, it's just, it could be disheartening that you would have to have so much healthcare uh, debt that you have to deal with, especially when it kept you off guard. 
Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and I was just looking in the chat, my friend Jennifer, our friend Jennifer McNamara, hey, you know, Jennifer. she she reminded me that, you know, there are specialties out there. Like think of plastic surgery, those mm -hmm. elective surgeries there. Um, you know, they they always give a good faith estimate. They always yeah. put it right out front and they mm -hmm. tell you this is the cost. Now, again, elective surgeries right there in the title, elective, right? Yes. But, but plastics has been doing this for as long as I've been in the industry. Plastics yes. has always said, here's what the cost is going to be. Yes. Right? And now right. you have a choice. That's right. Whether you That's want to go that route or not. That's right. So, and we Absolutely. want, we like choices, right? We, we, we should be in, like they say, we should be in control of our own pocketbook, right? That's our pocketbook, whether, whatever end you're on. And so we should be in control of that. We should be able to say, how are we going to control our own pocketbook? Um, and yeah. we don't like when those choices are taken away from us. We just don't. We'd like to have those choices. Absolutely. And, you know, of course, in, in 30 minutes time, we can't possibly go over um, everything that's included in the, the, the uh, No Surprises Act. And, and there's some great resources out there. Yes. So uh, like I was saying, that presentation by the NSCHBC, mm -hmm. I know my good friend Betty Hovey, she yes. just did a presentation on the No Surprises Act. So yes. check out her website, CHC. Yes, and um, I attended that with an attorney and it was very informative. Betty Hovey did do a great job um, with her attorney friend and her colleague attorney. And that was a very good one. Yes. So there's a lot of resources there for you. There's, there's you know, experts in the industry that are hosting webinars with attorneys to try to help you understand. Right. You can CMS website. The mm -hmm. AMA website, um, mm -hmm. the federal <laughs> rule regulation. Okay. And I hide when I say that because I know my friend Craig is on here and he's like, no, no. I know, right? Right. It could be daunting, right? You you have to take, I told you, I take it in small chunks, right? Read a little bit, process it, go back, read a little bit more, break it down. Because again, we try to be crystal clear on all of this, but mm -hmm. sometimes it could get a little muddy. You know, we could be uh -huh. clear as mud. And so we have to make sure we, it's our onus. If we're going to, you know, be in this, we need to take our onus and make sure we process it and talk with colleagues like you and me and yeah. talk it out and make yeah. sure that we both are on the same page. You know, it's nothing wrong with calling up a colleague and saying, I think I'm reading this on the federal reg regs. What do you think about the federal regs? And get that ironed out. That way you're confident because no one knows everything. You know, That's you true. have to be open to consulting with other people and breaking this stuff down because it's it can get easily muddied if you don't. Did you did you listen to Caitlin Brock's recent um, webinar on networking and yes. the benefits of networking? That's exactly yes. what I was thinking when you were saying, like, yes, reach out, talk to your people. We, we are here. We're so happy to share whatever knowledge or to direct you to people like um, Jennifer McNamara, uh, Betty Hovey, Terry yes. Fletcher, yes. Tony L. Holmes, Victoria yes. Mall, Stacey Buck. I mean, I could go on and on and on. I know, right? All the list is great people. You, yes. right? Yes, yes, um, yes. So, so, yes, so many. please make sure you're doing that. Um, Lexi, can you help us out with, a, we're going to wrap up with a few questions from the listeners today. Okay, sure. Hi, everybody. Hey, Lexi. Good. We have some listeners from Uruguay. What? 
Oh my God, that's my country. How wonderful. Welcome, welcome. Oh, buen dia. Mis primos, gracias por venir. Sorry, had to. I do too. Oh, I love, I, listen, I love everything Scotland. Look at my name, Sterling from Scotland. Hello. My girl, Carol Patton's the, she's the, she's the vice yeah. president of the Palm Beach chapter. I hear Sweet her woman. accent and yes. it's just so soothing. Right? I know I can listen to her all day long. <laughs> what else we have? We know Craig Larson loves root canals. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're not gonna see that. Thanks, Craig. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Jennifer has a question. Okay. Um, for a patient that is scheduled for surgery, who is responsible to check the contract status of all providers that involve in care? From what I listen to, it's the scheduling entity. Um, the person that initiates the schedule. And so if you if you're the initiator of the surgery that's being scheduled, then you have that onus. Um, and you have to do it within, um, what is it, 10 days? 10 days is optimal, yes. Yeah, 10 days there, is optimal. Yeah. From There's the day certain circumstances that would, would yeah. lessen that. Yes. Um, but 10 days yeah. is optimal. Yeah. And of course, you know, if, if you schedule the surgery and it's an urgent situation, then within that 24-hour period or so. But yes, it's the scheduling entity, if, I'm, if I understand it correctly. And, and the other thing is that 2022 is going to be our learning year. From yes. what I understand, there's not going to be hard penalties in 2022. That doesn't mean that we aren't already seeing some, some action regarding this. We know that the state yes. of Texas and the TMA, they have yep. put up some lawsuits. We yes. know that there are patients that have already started to report surprise billing and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, but really, this is our year to reach out, find out, that's network, right. dig in, put your plans in place, weed out the bugs. Hey, how about enter it into your compliance program, right? <laughs> yes, yes. And that is correct. I read the same thing that there shouldn't be any consequences or enforcement until one of 2023. But that doesn't mean we need to be lax about it. We should take this trial period this year to get all our ducks in a row, do our best practices, make sure we get it all outlined so that when that one uh, January 2023 come, we're up and ready. We're not surprised. That's right. We're not surprised. Okay, that was cheesy. I'm not going to lie. That, that was a little cheesy, but I had to. I couldn't help it. I um, love it. I love it. <laughs> thanks so much for joining us today, Kimberly. You know, Absolutely. It, it takes a village um, okay. to, to, to be successful in this industry. And I'm so glad to have you in my village. Thank yes. you for taking Ditto. the time. Ditto, um, ditto. It was my honor to serve anytime. I appreciate it. I could not be who I am without collaborating with all these great uh, people in the industry. So you being one of my top. So thank you for having me. It is. It's been my pleasure. Absolutely. My pleasure. Um, Lexi, do you have any information about some upcoming events that you want to share with our listeners before we take off? Join us tomorrow. We're having an event on the same Institute benefits. Um, we're very excited about that. It's our first Sterling Global Solutions event. Uh, you can get use promo code March twenty to receive twenty percent off your registration fee of twenty dollars. It is approved for one CEU of from AAPC. Yeah, from AAPC. <laughs> <laughs> 
All the links will be in the description down below on the YouTube channel. Make sure you follow us. Make sure you follow Kimberly. Yes. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Yay. All her socials are right there. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lexi. We appreciate it. And thank you all for taking the time to listen with us today. We, yeah. It's really, really means a lot to us. Yes. Um, thanks, Lexi, for your hard work. Have a great rest of the week and a beautiful weekend, guys. Yes. Hey, see you next time. Yes. Have a happy Friday Eve. <laughs> thanks for watching. 